0: Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 173, and we're going to take a look at the Professional Aviation Safety Specialist, also known as PASS, P A S S. This is a labor union or a trade union within the FAA and the federal government. So this one's very interesting. But first of all, let me give a big shout out to my listeners. So, a big shout out to Oklahoma, New York. Pennsylvania, California, Georgia, Tennessee, New Jersey, Mississippi, Maryland, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Hawaii, and Illinois. You know, whenever I saw New Jersey, for some reason, I was thinking of another state. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I was thinking of Maryland. I don't know why. But anyway, um, I hesitate on that one. Okay, so in terms of countries, the United States, Canada, and Uzbekistan. Good to see all of you. Okay, so this labor union is very interesting because they had every right to form because something very tragic happened and they had every right to call out um, the federal government on what was going on, but they have also later on in time let the American people down by making it seem like they are the only ones that can do their job and they are against capitalism. They are against democracy, and they are against the private sector because, again, these are federal employees with typically really good high-paying jobs and really cushy benefits. And yet they will picket, they will strike, and they don't always care to go to work. So even though this uh, labor union or trade union is very much important. It has a really good beginning, a very important uh, beginning, I would say, because it started uh, out of a tragedy, which is very unfortunate, but they kind of went off the rails. So what you have to remember is that these people are involved in our airports. They are involved in air traffic safety and things of that nature. So whenever they go on strike, it's very dangerous for the American public. And then they claim, oh, look, it's very dangerous You know, for us to not be at our jobs, so you should do what we want. No, that's not how this works. You know, there is a reason why um, President Ronald Reagan um, threatened to fire the air traffic controllers. And this is a slightly different group. There's a reason why President Reagan threatened to fire air traffic controllers that did not go to their job and report to work, but they were on strike. Here's the thing. If air traffic controllers, and these are not the same as these people, but I'm saying that if air traffic controllers do not go to job, or if they do not go to their job, if they do not go to their work, then planes can't take off. It's very similar to these people here, the professional aviation safety specialists. Whenever they refuse to go to their job because they're striking, they should be fired because they work for the American people and they work in regards to airports and safety. You know, this is one of those jobs where you can't just throw in the towel and say, oh, do what I want or else. You either do the job or you don't. So we're going to see a little bit of the hypocrisy within this group. And again, yes, they had a very good beginning, but then they're trying to control an entire industry, which is aviation, which is total bull. Like they, they are not in charge of that sector, but yet they act like it. So let's go ahead and dive into this puppy here. It says the Professional Aviation Safety Specialist, also known as PASS, P-A-S-S, is affiliated with the AFL-CIO through its affiliation with the Marine Engineers Beneficial Association. It represents more than 11,000 Federal Aviation Administration and Department of Defense employees. The Federal Aviation Administration is also known as the FAA, so this might sound familiar. The union was formed in 1977 by Howard Johansson. An FAA safety technician in the agency's air traffic uh, organization. National President David J. I think it's Spiro, is currently serving his first three year term, having been elected in September 2021. Carlos Aguirre, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, was elected National Vice President in October 2018, and his title changed to Secretary Treasurer later that year. Um, previous presidents of past include Johansson, who was president from 1977 to 1994. That is not good to have someone in power that long. That is not good. So that's a big red flag as to what's going on here. The next uh, president was Jack Johnson. He was president from 1994 to 1997. The next one was Mike, I think it's pronounced Fanfalone. He was president from 1997 to 2003. The next president was Tom Brantley. He was president from 2003 to 2012. And the next one after that was Mike Perone, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was president from 2012 until 2021. I think that is too long to be serving as president. I think that's wrong. I think they need some new blood in there. But moving on, it says Johansson. And 50 of his colleagues gathered in Chicago in February 1977 to form a union fed up after years of second class treatment at the FAA. Here's the thing. I don't blame them for that. But see, here's the thing. This is a federal agency. So that tells you how the federal government treat people. Not the rest of America, but the federal government. It's kind of like what I talked about in times past where these different federal agencies, it's like they're having a pissing contest all the time. There are bureaucracies and there are bureaucrats within every single one of these federal agencies, and we're seeing it right here. And unfortunately, this one goes back, I would say even further back from the 1970s, but there is a problem that occurred because of these bureaucrats, and they did not value human life. So let's take a look at this. It says an incident involving a fire at JFK International Airport, pointed out the disparate treatment, whatever that means, but basically not being treated correctly or appropriately. Unable to unlock a door giving access to a hangar from which smoke was uh, coming from, Johansson grabbed a fire extinguisher to knock down the door. An air traffic controller saw what was happening and helped. After the incident, Johansson was told he was facing a suspension for destroying government property. (laughs) See, that's how federal governments operate, especially in the United States. The federal government is more concerned about policies and procedures than it is human life. So needless to say, a union was formed because of this stupid incident. So the federal government, and I would say this is still happening today, values government property more than it does human life. So socialism has been a problem for a long time, because if our government had truly been democratic or capitalist at this time, then this federal agency would have been reporting to the American people, not to their bureaucrats that they put in charge. Goes on to say, 1991, employees in the FAA's Flight Standards Service part of Aviation Safety voted to join the union. Employees covered under PASS include system specialists, flight standards, and manufacturing aviation safety inspectors, aeronautical information professionals, and those people are sharp. Also includes flight inspection pilots, mission specialists, operations staff, aircraft maintenance employees, legal instruments examiners, compliance specialists, and support staff. Past represented employees are instrumental in the successful implementation of the FAA's next generation air transportation system, also known as NextGen, to moder- to modernization the oh, sorry, this is not word- worded right, to modernize the nation's air traffic control system. The NextGen Gen portfolio-, portfolio encompasses the planning and implementation of innovative new technologies and airspace procedures After thorough testing for safety. So they are basically in charge of a lot of this software, but unfortunately it's under the branch of the federal government. So none of this is privatized. That's a big problem, and we will see this come to a head later on. So it says here that NextGen hopes to improve uh, U.S. air traffic control systems, and that is still ongoing. It says throughout its history past has fought efforts to privatize the nation's air traffic control system. I disagree with that. (laughs) Privatization is wonderful because it leads to better innovation and higher safety records. But it says here in 2002 uh, U.S. President George W. Bush signed an executive order allowing the government to hire a private entity to take over air traffic control functions. The uh, then- President of PASS, who was Fan um, Falone, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, said the union's concern, which this is his bull, is that the radar that monitors our skies and the voice and radio systems that provide critical communication capabilities should be maintained and certified by committed public servants, answerable to the American people and not controlled by private interests, most concerned about the bottom line. Here's the thing. He's a liar. He's a hypocrite and a liar. Here's the thing. Federal agencies are notorious for seeing their work as being more important than everybody else's, and they don't like change. They really don't care about making improvements. And here's the thing. This guy is a liar and a hypocrite. He says that uh, that that system should be maintained by federal employees who are answerable to the American people. These federal employees don't think they answer to anybody. They're hypocrites. They're liars. Like They are completely in delusionville. See, because there's the thing. If these people actually thought that they were um, answerable to the American people, then why would they go on strike? Why would they interfere with the Americans' lives to get on a plane and go somewhere safely? See, here's the hypocrisy to federal uh, agencies and to federal employees as well as their labor unions. It is such a crock. They claim that they are accountable to the American people, but they, they don't act like they are. They act like they are above the American people, and that's why they go on strike, and they don't show up and do their job. Now, what's interesting is that some of the people that work for the FAA, and they went on a couple of different strikes, there were some employees that did show up, and they were not getting paid at the time, but of course they get back pay. But here's the thing. The reason why they were not getting paid during a strike was because they were on strike, See, that's the thing that sucks. If you are a federal employee or if you are an employee in a labor union and you think that you should still have a job and go to your job and do the work, when you are on strike, you will not get paid. So God bless the people that actually showed up to their job and did it well and did so without pay. But let me say this. They got their pay later on once the strike stopped. But here's the thing. This is exactly how strikes interfere with people's pay and with their jobs. God bless the employees that actually understood the importance of them going to work and doing their job and doing it well. See, in these strike situations, it's the labor union that is getting in the way. Yes, this labor union was founded for really good reasons, but their beef was not with the American people. It was with the bureaucracy within the federal government. So needless to say... This labor union was founded for good reasons, but it has notoriously um, gone off the rails multiple times. And whenever it goes on strike, it's not punishing its employer. It's punishing you and me. It's not punishing the federal government. It's not punishing the, the management. Here's the thing. If this had been privatized, we would not have strikes like this. And they would actually have better pay, better benefits, and better hours. See what these people don't realize is that government jobs they don't pay as well as the private sector because they're government jobs. So you cannot expect to have a government job and make as much money in the private sector. And here's the thing you know, the private sector is always for safety. Always. Do do strange and bizarre things happen? Yes, of course, but there is innovation, there is there's research, there is I would say research and development. Research and development and inventions do not occur in the federal government. It just doesn't happen. You know, the, the rate of inventing new things within the federal government is like saying the USSR um, really believes in people. <laughs> it just doesn't. So some of the stuff I agree with, most of it I do not. Because I think they need to speak the truth here. The only reason why the United States is successful in its business and its currency and its economy is because of the private sector. It is not because of the federal government, because the government belongs to the American people. But these federal, I would say these federal jobs and these federal employees and these labor unions and trade unions, they don't even want to acknowledge that the American people are who they technically report to, especially when you work in a federal job. So if they are going to live in delusionville, then we need to have the, I guess, the courage and the gumption to call them out on, hey, you're living in in flat-out delusionville if you think your job is more important than everybody else's. And if you think I'm going to feel pity for you because you're the one picketing, you are totally wrong. Like, to me, if someone pickets, they should be fired. If you have a problem at your job, take it to your manager. If your manager's a problem, we'll fire your manager. We'll get somebody else. Here's the thing. Picketers don't really care to do what's right. They don't. They play their violin, and they expect people to care and believe everything that they have to say. Well, as I've said in times past, everybody has a violin, but not everybody plays it as loud as labor unions. And if you're going to play your violin, do society a favor and join an orchestra, because that's where violins belong. They do not belong on picket lines and not doing their job. It gets old. These people that just whine and complain. It is so ridiculous. It's like my goodness, do you realize what a what a nice good job you have? Of course there's going to be issues. Of course there's going to be problems, but you address the problems. You don't just not show up to work and you go go buy a poster or a you know a I guess picket line material or brochures or whatever and start trying to get the public to side with you when it's the public that you're punishing, it is ridiculous what these people do. So I'm not a big fan of this one. Now, again, I understand why they formed a union, but their problem was not with the American people. It was with the bureaucrats that were running these federal agencies. It was the good old boy system. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Sorry, that, that's not the American way, and that's not how anything should be run, whether it is a federal agency, a state agency, or, or a company. The good old boy system is not good. I'll just say it. So it says here in 2015, the union, along with six other unions representing Federal Aviation Administration employees, sent a letter to the United States House of Representatives arguing against proposal to privatize the FAA they came out a congressional hearing the previous month entitled Options for FAA Air Traffic Reform. Okay, the FAA does need to be reformed. It does. I mean, here's the thing. What these employees do is they know that they work in a very important industry. They, they have a very important job. So because they know they have a very important job, they think they can tell the rest of the United States what to do. I don't even think so. Not appropriate, not cool, not ethical, not moral, and for sure not professional. And here's the thing. The government is not known for, for coming up with safety protocols and standards. It's the private sector that comes across this stuff. It's the private sector that invents all this stuff. And sets the standard. It's not the federal government. You know, the federal government is the fat kid on the playground that says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good at, do- at dodgeball too. And then everybody throws the dodgeball at the fat kid. And the fat kid's like, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that to me. I know how to play this game. Actually, you don't. You suck. That's the federal government. Whenever the federal government tries to control anything in the private sector, anything that has to deal with money, or finances, or travel, whatever the case may be. Whatever the federal government tries to take over and make mandates, it ruins it. And it stifles it. There is no new technology under under the federal government. It is the private sector that does this. And here's the thing. You know, whenever the government is trying to enhance something within, I would say, our infrastructure – they never do it in-house. They always have to hire an outside company to help them. Why? Because innovation and technology is in the private sector. It is not in the public sector. So why wouldn't these, you know, these people that work in these jobs, you know, with aviation, these safety specialists, don't they care enough about the American people to privatize it? Don't they want things to be better? Like do they really want to stay stuck in the stone age? See, that's what happens whenever you get the federal government in charge like this. They don't want change. They want power and control. Power and control. Well, guess what? The powers with the people always has been and always will be. But see, here's the thing. These federal employees, they don't view it like that. But unfortunately, this labor union and some others, they actually won. And as far as I know... Um, I guess in 2018, um, there was I guess there was something signed into law that said that for five years it's not going to be privatized, and they will come back to it, you know, the United States government, they will reevaluate privatizing um, basically the, the FAA and things of that nature. I said, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and privatize it. Why wait? You know, it gets really old whenever the federal government claims to be the be-all and end-all when it just gets in the problem of new and better systems. You know, let me put it this way. Let's say the federal government um, was in charge of Amazon. Do you really think Amazon would be as good as it is today if the federal government had been running it, ruling it, mandating it? No, it would not. Just look how well Amazon has done. If I remember correctly, Amazon started out as a um, -- I think it was a, a, a book publishing website way back in the day. And then look, it's grown into purchasing goods online. Now you can purchase goods in the app. And now Amazon, it has been expanded to where pretty much anybody can sell stuff on Amazon, and it's better than eBay. How amazing is that? And with Amazon Prime, you can get free two-day shipping. Look, look at it this way. The federal government can't even handle USPS, and USPS is, is, is a sinking ship. It's too expensive. It doesn't run well, and their employees are just as bad as FAA employees. They are overpaid. They don't work typically full-time hours. And they get cushy benefits to do a job that is, it doesn't take a genius to sort mail, but yet they make more money (laughs) than a lot of workers. Like some of the salaries to work for USPS are equivalent to someone that works in data IT analytics. That is pathetic. To me, that's sick. Because to work in data IT analytics, you have to use your brain. To sort mail, you don't have to use your brain like that. A lot of the, um, I would say, the protocols and the procedures within USPS, it's automated. It's mostly done by machines. So basically, we're paying all this money for these very expensive salaries for these USPS uh, workers, but yet most of the work is being done by machines. Not everybody is a mail carrier, and being a mail carrier is a dangerous and interesting job. I have no doubt about that, but here's the thing. That job is not equivalent to something that makes more money. It's just not. But see, that's the solution of the federal government. Let's overpay people that are being overpaid for skills that they don't have. That's what's happening here within FAA. And that is very unfortunate. Needless to say, it should be privatized. Just imagine how much better aviation would be in the United States if, if it was run as successful and streamlined like Amazon. I mean, Amazon is not perfect, but it is a phenomenal company. It really is. Just think about everything that it does now. It has music streaming and downloads. Um, it has uh, DVD sales. It has streaming of movies and TV shows. I mean, it does all this stuff. And again, this this company started out with just books, just plain publishing kind of books kind of thing. But see here's the thing, with the federal government it would the company would never change, it would never grow, it would never advance, It, it would never get better. It would stay stuck in the Stone Age. That is exactly what happens with anything that the federal government runs and manages. And examples of this is Medicare, Medicaid, our VA, which is a veterans hospital, which is horrible. It sucks. Also, Social Security sucks. Disability sucks. Just look at all the different things the federal government manages and how many people are not getting what they're supposed to get. For example, our veterans, how long are they going to suffer? I mean, seriously, our veterans, you know, they joined the military, served, you know, X amount of years, put their life on the line. And then they come back home to what? Crappy health care? And so you're thing: the crappy health care that has been given to our veterans is not privatized. It should be. The health care that is being given to our veterans is basically socialized medicine, and that's why it sucks. That's why it needs to be privatized, and that's what President Trump was trying to do during his administration. He was trying to help our veterans get better health care, and one way that he was doing that was he made it so that veterans could go wherever they want to get the health care that they need, whereas previously, in times past, veterans couldn't go to just any doctor. They could only go through the VA and that healthcare sucked. It was horrible. There were waiting lines. The healthcare was terrible. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. Why can't we privatize it? You would help more people and for less money. You know, I understand that President Trump was loud and bombastic at times, but he is smart. I understand that he's a New Yorker, and that's just how New Yorkers are. They're, they're loud, they're mobastic, you know, they're not, as, um, they're not as sweet as people from the South, I would say. But, you know, that's just a personality type, and that's just, you know, how someone is raised and how they speak and their dialect. But if you look at what they actually accomplish and what they want to do, you know, when, when Donald Trump is president, he really tried to help our healthcare system. He wanted to privatize it even more. And I'm like, amen, go for it. Yes, 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 yes. Please privatize it even more because the more you don't privatize it, the worse the health care gets. And that means that you have less access to the doctors that you need. And also you have less access to the hospitals that you need. And even worse than that, of course, all this is bad in regards to this, Under socialized medicine, you have lack of access to the medications that you need, especially the more expensive ones. See, this is why the FAA is not run well and why it has not been run well for several decades. It obviously has had problems since at least the 1970s. You know, what's interesting is that these people that formed the union Uh, out of the FAA, they formed it because they wanted change. What hypocrites, because now they don't want change. They don't want things to get better for America. They only want things to get better for them. Well, gee, favoritism, nepotism much? Get over your sweet little self, FAA. Get over your sweet little self, federal employees. We know you've got it good. We know you've got cushy benefits. We, we get that. We understand that. But here's the thing. You do not determine an entire industry in the private sector. That's not your job. And the audacity for you to think that you can tell the American people what to do like that, that's just as bad as the air traffic controller strike in the 1980s. It's ridiculous and it's pathetic. Get over your sweet little self. Get back to your job. Get back to work. Earn the money that we are paying you with our tax dollars. See, here's the thing. Whenever someone doesn't show up to their job, but yet they expect to get paid, that is thievery. And that is exactly what these federal agencies do. That is exactly what federal employees do. And it's also what trade unions and labor unions do. They do this all the time, but yet because they have a violin and they play it really loud, they get away with it. This is why we have to have checks and balances within our federal government. This is why we have to have accountability, because you're dealing with federal tax dollars. You know, Working a federal job is not the same as working a job in the private sector, because in the private sector, you're not working for the people. You're not working for your country. You're working in the private sector, but when you work a federal job or even a state job, you are beholden to the very people that are paying your wages, which is all of the taxpayers in the United States. I think, it, I think it's really important to say here that, you know, when you work for America, you should take ownership of that responsibility you have been given instead of trying to throw it away, but yet trying to collect money on it. Don't be a thief. Be a worker. And don't try and tell the rest of the United States what to do at our job. This kind of stuff gets so old. It gets so old. And again, I'm totally for these people creating a labor union way back in the day, but over time they target the American people, not not the people within their system. They're not targeting the bureaucrats. They're not saying, hey, bureaucrats, you're fired. Instead, they're making all these demands to the American people. You know, you know, yes, you work for us, but, you know, we're not in charge of your federal agency. Unfortunately, I wish we were. I wish the American people had way more control over these federal, uh, these federal agencies because if we did, stuff like this wouldn't happen. We would say, whoa, pump the brake, you little dictator. Sorry, we don't treat people like that. We actually do care if someone dies in a fire. Maybe you should just get lost. See, what you have to remember is that bureaucrats are very similar to administrators. And we've talked about that word administrator in times past. They're basically professional paper pushers that don't care to do the right thing hardly ever unless it involves their line or sorry, their life or their job is on the line. That's why these people don't really care within these federal agencies. But yet, they make it seem like their work is more important than everybody else's. i got news for you. If my job is not more important than yours, then yours is not more important than mine. Why? Because we have equality here in the United States. We are equals. Do we work in the same job? No. Do we make the same kind of money? No. Do do we live in the exact same state, the exact same house? No. None of that matters because we have equality. Equality across the board means that it doesn't matter what industry we work in, we have equality. But unfortunately, these labor unions and trade unions, they don't value equality. I guess they don't understand civil rights. I guess they don't understand the history of the United States and what all we have fought for. I guess they don't understand labor laws, whether at a federal level or a state level. I guess they don't understand the employment security commissions of the different states within the United States. I guess they just don't get all this. I mean, it's bad either way. If they don't get it, that shows their stupidity. If they do get it, and if they think that none of it applies to them, I think that's even worse. I mean, because they're not ignorant. They actually have knowledge, but yet they are choosing to not do the right thing. And I think that is horrible. Horrible. I think labor unions really need to understand America. I think instead of causing problems, they should read the Constitution of the United States. Because our workers' rights come from that document. It doesn't come from a labor union. Excuse me, it doesn't come from a trade union. I have the hiccups, excuse me. Workers' rights start with the foundation of your country that you are a citizen of. See, that's where these labor unions get get really bizarre. They think that they they set the stage and they set the standard for employment. They do not. All workers have a say in that. Not just union members, because remember a lot of these unions are anti non union workers. mean, they could care less whether or not you and I starve to death. Because everything is about them and their union jobs. Again, just because someone plays the violin, that doesn't mean that they deserve your sympathy. You know, my sympathy is reserved for orphans and widows. It's not for people who have a nice, cushy government job, a federal job at least, and then go on strike and refuse to work. I don't feel sympathy for that person. Because if you're not at your job, how can you correct the issue that's taking place at your job if you're not even there? Get back in there and figure out the problem and correct it. See, labor unions and trade unions, and I'll close with this, they like to make their problem everybody else's problem. But yet, the majority of the United States are are non-union workers. So here we have... Union member workers who can't stand non-union workers, and they're trying to get us to be on their side. I don't even think so. I don't even think so. You know, this is ridiculous. I mean, just the audacity to, to try and convince the American public that, oh, you've got it tough. You have a union job with union, bene- with union benefits. How tough can it be? I mean, if you have a problem, go to your manager. If your manager's the problem, guess what? Go up the pipeline. Go up the chain of command. That's what normal people do. Normal people do not get get a picket or a sign and pick it out in front of someone's house or in front of their job. I mean, I guess they haven't read the HR manual of where they work. Most places of employment have an HR policy that says what to do if something arises that is not right or if there is contention or if there's something going on that is causing a worker to be unhappy or whatever the case may be. Like you go to the proper people within your, within your company. Like you go up the chain of command. You have, you have, you have policies and procedures and you have protocols. These unions, I mean, They're morons and idiots. They don't even follow the chain of command, but yet they work for the federal government. This is why we have so many discontented union workers in the United States. And this is why I don't feel sorry for them at all, because I'm like, look, if you're discontented, either A, get a different job, or B, handle it. Go to your manager. But if you don't care to do either one of those things, I, I, I can't help you with that. You need to figure out how to be a uh, a working adult and make good, mature decisions. I mean, labor unions, they just like to throw a history fit on aisle seven at a Toys R Us all the time. And this is a perfect example of this. And I think it's very unfortunate that they um, they behave like this because... They are very much a part of an important industry, but the industry that they work in, which is aviation, does not belong to them. It belongs to the American people, which is in the private sector. So I hope and pray that, you know, this does become privatized, FAA, because they have had problems for years. Years. Backbiting, bad managers, bureaucrats, entitlement thinking. I mean, I'm not surprised by this at all. But whose fault is that? It's not the American people. Like We're not in charge of the federal agency, unfortunately. I wish we were. See, because here's the thing. As a capitalist, and as someone who believes in my country, like I believe in the United States, I believe in democracy, I would fire anyone and everyone that does something bad to an employee or makes horrible decisions. I'd be like, you're fired. Get out of here. Bye. Like, you fire bad people, and you keep good people. Federal agencies are notorious for not firing bad people. They just move them around like like pieces on a chessboard. They just move them from agency to agency or from department to department. They don't fire them. Why, you ask? Because they're federal employees and more than likely these bad people are protected by the very union that was supposed to protect the people that were being harmed. This is why it's frustrating to the American people whenever these labor unions, they they complain to the American people make it seem like, oh, it's our problem. It's like, no, it's not. Your job is your problem. I'll say it again. Your job is your problem, even if it is in a federal agency. It is your job to handle it. It's your job to do what's right. And you know what? If something's not going right within a federal agency and you work for them, go report it to your senator or or your representative or, or your congressman or whatever. They work for you. Even if you didn't vote for them, they still work for you. Or report it to your governor. Like, See, this is what happens, or this is what you can do when you work for the federal government. When you work at a federal job, you actually have more ways to report things than people out in the private sector. Use that to your advantage. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm saying use it to your advantage in a legal and ethical and moral way and report things appropriately. Don't go on some stupid picket line. Handle it. Handle it. Do the right thing. Look, we all know that, how do I describe this? Well, I'll just say it. We all know that there is no such thing as a perfect job. Okay? We all know that. There are good days, there are bad days, there are rough days, there are great days, there are irritating days, whatever the case may be. And it's very rare that someone actually likes their boss. But here's the thing, we're not paid to like our bosses. We're not paid to be friends, we're not paid to be chums. You're paid to do your job and do it well. Now in that same token, if your boss is bothering you or is creating a negative work environment, it's your responsibility to call that person out on that and just say, hey, you know, your management style is really causing a problem. I mean, don't do that publicly, but just say, hey, you know, is there a problem? Because there's something going on with your management style that's not helping the team. Is there something that we can help you with? You know, is, you know, do we need to work on a different project? Do we need to help you with something? Do you have too much on your plate? Did something come down the pipeline that we don't know about? You know, like what's going on? Because this work environment is very toxic and, and you know, We can't have this, and and, you know, we can't have a toxic work environment, and then you expect us to do everything your way and for everything to be happy like a cheerleader or something like that just doesn't happen. You have to have the courage to say it like it is to the very people that may or may not care or may or may not be the problem. But if you don't have open dialogue, then you're not going to get anywhere, which is exactly what happens with these labor unions and these trade unions. They typically do not like having open dialogue. How do we know this? Picket lines. It's kind of hard to talk to somebody if you don't even show up to your job. Unions are notorious for just saying, oh, we're not talking to you unless you do what we want. Well, you know what? That's exactly how children act at daycares, when they fight over toys. You know, we're not children and we're not at daycare and we're not on the playground. This is actual real life. And when you work at a federal job, you do report to the American people and you are held accountable to the American people. Even if we don't know everything about your job and you know, we don't know everything that's going on, doesn't matter. We are your boss because our tax dollars are paying your wages. So if something is going on at your job that's not right, then you have a civic responsibility to report it because you work for the American people. And we, we expect you, we the American people, we expect you to do what's right even when it's tough. Even when your job sucks, we expect you to do what's right. Because that's what good workers do. Bad workers don't show up to their job. Bad workers go on picket lines. I mean, it just amazes me how many people think that they can get paid but not do anything. You know, it kind of reminds me of when uh, COVID-19, it hit, and then there was all this um, financial help from the federal government, which I did not completely agree with that, but then... You know, once the pandemic was over and people were supposed to go back to work, there were so many people that did not want to go back to work, but yet they liked getting that unemployment check from the federal government. Talk about lazy. And then people complain about women that get child support and it doesn't go to the kid and they say, oh, well, these women just don't want to work. Hmm. Where else is that happening? All these people out there getting COVID nineteen paychecks and don't want to don't want to go back to work and just want to stay unemployed. You're just as bad as these women that, that are just expecting to marry a sugar daddy. Lazy. Lazy workers. Unethical, unprofessional, immoral workers. Gee, get a real job. Sitting at home, doing nothing with your life, mooching off of someone else is not a job. It's not even a hobby. It's apprehensible. See, here's the thing. Whenever someone doesn't, you know, whenever someone doesn't want to go to work but they want the pay, I'm like, wow, really? What world do you live in? Because, because that's called fraud. How is that any different than an employee that punches in on their time clock but then leaves their work and, like, goes shopping? And while they're shopping, they are collecting a wage. That's called fraud. How is that any different than what these picketers do? How is that any different than what these labor unions do when they don't show up to work but yet expect to get paid? I mean, it's just... I guess they don't don't understand timekeeping. I guess they don't understand wages, especially federal wages. I guess they don't understand taxation. I guess they don't understand unemployment versus employment. I guess they don't understand benefit packages, meaning the only reason why you get a benefit package is because you show up to work, typically full-time, and you work those hours every week, unless, of course, you're sick or need to go home. Very interesting how some of these people behave, and then they think they are entitled. You know, I always find it interesting whenever people that are way older than me complain about so-called young people that have this sense of entitlement. I'm like, oh, really? Where do you think they got that sense of entitlement? They got it from the culture. They got it from their parents. You know, entitlement doesn't just drop out of the sky. That has to be taught. It's a learned behavior. It's not random, it's intentional. And I'll close with this. I remember working as a licensed pharmacy technician years ago, and some of the most entitled, stuck-up, snobby, awful people we ever had to help at the pharmacy were the spouses of military people. It's usually the wives. They are such moochers off of their husbands' benefits that they get from the government. And it was these, these, these military wives, they would throw the biggest fits. I mean, just like this was like back in the day when, when we didn't use the word Karen, like whenever they go full-blown Karen on somebody, I want to speak to a manager BS kind of thing, excuse my language. These military wives had been doing that for years, and we would just roll our eyes and we're like, look, your, your policy given to you you know, by the federal government via the American people doesn't pay for all this medicine that you think you're going to get for free. And even then, it's not free. It's paid for by our tax dollars. So just because you have to pay $10 for this prescription does not mean that you are entitled to get it for free just because your husband serves in the military, you don't serve in the military. There are so many spouses usually female, that are married to a guy that serves in the military, and they act like they're military too, even though they, they've never set foot on a battlefield. They've never joined a military branch, nothing. But yet they, they put on these airs. Well, guess what? That's entitlement. It drove us nuts at this pharmacy. It was just, and then the people that were in line were like, oh, here we go again, because it was every day, multiple times a day, These military wives would come in and throw a fit, and it's just like, not everything is free. And even what is free is not free. Someone's paying for it. Like, sometimes these military families, it's usually the wives that are the problem, and sometimes they're bratty kids, They don't understand the value of a dollar. They don't understand currency. They don't understand supply and demand. And they don't understand what it means to actually work and earn a living because they've been given so much. They're takers. They're not earners. They're takers. They're not givers. There's a difference in the mindset. But see, here's the thing. That is a learned behavior. It's not genetic It's not something that you get from eating bad food or something. It's a learned behavior. And then it's also a choice. So needless to say, you know, we do have problems with entitlement in this country. But it's not because of the young people that think they're entitled. They were taught that. So that is something that gets passed down from generation to generation to generation. We have seen that right here in this federal agency in regards to the FAA. There's this entitlement. There's a bureaucracy taking place in that agency. That's why President Bush wanted to privatize it. And that's why Trump also wanted to privatize it because whenever you privatize something, it stops bureaucracy. It stops entitlement. That's why it's better to privatize, whether you know, as opposed to having a bureaucracy that just, you know, that's just a good old boy system. This is why unions are a problem. They have their place to a certain extent, but they have become a problem because they don't value all workers. Well, if you don't value all workers, then you are the problem because you have an entitlement issue. And that is a form of behavior that you choose to behave that way. That's why this is so concerning. Because think about it. They have 11,000, probably a little bit more now. They have 11,000 employees that are part of this labor union. That's quite a few people. You know, just think about how many employment packages they have and the benefit packages that all of these 11,000 workers have. And just imagine how much money that is costing the American people. It's not cheap. And yet they have the nerve to complain and picket. Come on. See, here's the thing. If these people had to work in the private sector, I don't know how, how long they would last because... You know, these whiners and complainers are typically not tough people. They, they can't handle real life. So that's why they typically live in delusionville. Because they don't understand currency. They don't understand supply and demand. And they also don't understand the Constitution of the United States. They claim that they do because they work for the federal government and they're in a, a labor union. But they obviously don't and you see that's that's very disappointing because these workers I have no doubt they truly believe in what they believe in but they are unbelievably wrong because they are not entitled to anything nothing and if you tell them that oh my goodness they're going to throw a hissy fit And see, that's when you know that someone has a problem with pride and entitlement. When you tell them you don't deserve any of that, it's a gift. It's not that you are entitled to it. It's that the American people, via our tax dollars, are giving you the opportunity to have this job and to make that money and to have these benefits. So being that it is an opportunity, opportunities are not a form of entitlement. It's an opportunity to do good, not bad. I will go ahead and end this podcast but as usual until next time. I pray that you are happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.